Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is college football. Man, we're talking week four. This season is just blowing by so fast. I'm just afraid I'm not appreciating it like I should. Panther, you're here with me. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, this is this is what I look forward to, right? After after we get through the NFL on Sundays, Monday night football, then I just feel like the week drags until we get to finally talk college football again. <laughs> so, look, I, I got to apologize to to my loyal followers, my mafia, my D-Gens. I shit the bed last week. I bet way too many games. I took way too many points. I, last week was a suck week. We didn't even have a rank versus rank, so... Uh, I apologize if you followed the Panther last week. It wasn't a good week. I believe I went something like four and ten. Was three and nine. Uh, Three and nine. Yeah, yeah, well, just as bad. Today's going to be much better. This weekend is going to be much better. I got some uh, really good games and uh, looking forward to chatting about them. Oh, yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. I guess first up, we should talk about the game tonight, right? Utah-USC. Utah opened up minus four, and now it's minus three and a half. Yeah, so the reason we're going to talk about this game is it this, this has got to be the biggest trap I've ever seen. The Utah is the, the so-called favorite of the Pac-12. They're number 10 in the nation. They have the best defense in the Pac-12. And USC just coming off that loss at BYU. They're, I do not understand how this game is only was minus four, now minus three and a half, you know, trending towards USC. This is a game that just screams trap to me. I cannot find it in in my inner being to take USC. I can't. I think they're really bad. I, I've been saying that since the beginning of the season. I don't like USC. I don't trust USC. And but this line movement 
and, and the, the initial line from the get-go just screams trap. I want to take Utah here. I'm leaning Utah, but I'm going to be off this game because something is just not right about it. Now it's time to get the guru in here to tell us why he's wrong on everything. We've got Dr. Ernst. In this game, it is a weird line. I kind of agree with uh, Sex Panther on that one. Caden Slovis, not good last week at BYU. Threw a couple interceptions in the first uh, quarter that led to BYU points. USC only has three days to prepare uh, for this game. A short week, they had to travel back from uh, BYU. Uh, so that's a factor. Another factor in this game, uh, on a defensive line, Christian Rector, he's probably the best defensive lineman. He didn't play last week versus BYU. I kind of think that would have made the difference there. Uh, it is a short line, but it's at USC. Caden Slovis doesn't have to be on the road. I'm going to stay away. It's going to be an interesting one. This is going to be one that's for all the marbles um, for the Pac-12 uh, in that division here. So should be a good game. You already think, I'm sorry about that. You think the uh, stakes are that high already? Th- this decides the outcome? Well, I think, you know, USC and Utah, I think on that side of the division are picked one and two. So uh, this is going to be, if, if Utah is going to get it done, they've got to win this game on the road here against USC, a USC team that has better talent. So okay. we're the best talent that they're going to see in this conference. <laughs> yeah. So the money and the public are both on Utah. And the line's getting worse, or better for them, excuse me, and worse for USC. Do we think this is, what do you think? Well, I, you know, I'm not in a hurry to bet on Utah here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like I said, you know, USC's got the better talent. It just, you know, okay. Slovis is at home this time. So okay, I'm going to stay away, but I could see where it could be trapping. All right. Next up, let's see. We are going to go Central Florida, Pittsburgh. Central Florida opened up minus 10, and now they're minus 11. Yeah, this one, I'm not calling it a trap, but the, the line seems kind of kind of weird. Central Florida's worst game was 32 points, right? They, they, they score points. They score a ton of points. Pitt's best game is 20 points. So maybe that's where they came up with the, uh, you know, 11 and a half, 12 points. I don't know. But uh, Central Florida – should take care of Pittsburgh easily. I have all the confidence in Central Florida to take care of business here. I will take the night. Yeah, USC last week versus Stanford. It was a game where everything went wrong for Stanford. Going into the game, we talked about how they were missing uh, two other best offensive linemen. Uh, Another ended up uh, leaving the game, I believe, in the second quarter. On defense, their best defensive lineman for Stanford. Stanford was ejected on the first series for targeting, and they also had two uh, inside linebackers out. Uh, some teams like UCF just they get lucky, and then they just continue to get lucky, and it seems like the luck never ends. Um, that was very favorable for them going to Stanford, winning a big game uh, with Stanford in that down position there. Now they go to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know they don't play against a team like Virginia that's well coached on the road. They're they're showing up against Pittsburgh here in Narduzzi. Um, Pittsburgh last time out, they did get the cover against Penn State. It's a seven-point game. They had a chance late in that game. I think it was five minutes left. Fourth and goal at the one-yard line, and Narduzzi down a touchdown elects to kick a field goal. Um, I'm not sure about that call. Most people don't agree with it. 
Uh, but they ended up missing the field goal, losing by seven, but they did get the cover against Penn State. So Narduzzi is always a tough guy for me to bet on because of that very reason. They got blown out last year versus UCF down in Orlando. This one's at home. I'll stay away, but I'm wondering what your uh, numbers say on this one, Arch. It looks like the money and the public are almost in lockstep uh, percentage-wise for U- UCF. Wow, okay. So, yeah, the line's no moving one. in the right direction then, we can say. So no indication yeah. of the trap. 61 is your total there, up from 58. Mm. You think it's a high score? Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh does have a couple guys out on the defensive line, their, their best defensive lineman, and I think his backup got hurt as well. And so, you know, we'll see here. I, I would I would agree with that line move. I don't know if I'd take the over now, but I would agree with the line. Michigan State, Northwestern, next up. Open, started Michigan State minus six and a half, and now it's minus nine. Yeah, so Michigan State has a lot to answer for. They have not shown anything resembling an offense yet this season, and they really struggled last week against Arizona State in Lansing mind you. So they're going against Northwestern up there in Evanston. Isaiah Bowser should be back for the Wildcats. This is somebody you want to really pay attention to. Um, he, he got fanged up against Stanford, but I think he'll do quite well against Northwestern. Not only am I taking Northwestern uh, plus the points, but if you're looking for a value play, and, and I think I might even do this as well, I like Northwestern for the outright win. I, this is a money line play, probably the best money line play of the day. I love the Wildcats today. Michigan State tough time uh, out last week versus Arizona State. Two to one edge on the the yards. I think it was like four hundred to two hundred total yards um, for Michigan State. Uh, they were favored there. They couldn't get it done. Uh, they had some nice drives, but uh, had to settle for field goal attempts, and they missed three field goals. So um, it's a Michigan State offense that hasn't been able to close. They're going into Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald you know, always has Northwestern well coached. Uh, Northwestern, they've been without Isaiah Bowser. I'm not sure if he's going to be back. Uh, Hunter Johnson, that quarterback, that big five-star, he hasn't looked good to me, so maybe at home here. Uh, he's a little better. I saw uh, Northwestern get gashed repeatedly by UNLV last week, so that's a concern. Uh, but a lot of um, a lot of folks seem to be siding with Northwestern keeping this one close. I'm going to have to stay away because my initial lean uh, was towards Michigan State, uh, kind of getting it together, not making so many mistakes in this one. All right. Well, this this is crazy. The money in the public are dominant, dominantly on Northwestern. And it's gotten yeah. it's, it's it, this is absolutely going the wrong direction. It's got two and a half points better for them. Okay, so it's what getting worse. The line at right now, Arch. Uh, the line right now is nine. Yeah, opened at six and a half. This is with a minority of money in public on Michigan State, and it's two and a half points worse for them. Yeah, Michigan State's got some offensive line. They've got about three or four guys that I think are question marks heading into this game. If it weren't for that, I'd be on Michigan State here but uh probably gonna have to lay off of them mm-hmm. it's tempting you know i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna follow the money or not follow the money follow what i think is the sharp money here and i'm gonna jump on michigan state minus the nine yeah i can't blame me on that one yeah just this line is moving so weird so wrong <laughs> i gotta i gotta get a piece of it so next up we got michigan at wisconsin 
Wisconsin opened up as minus two and a half, and now they are three and a half point favorite. Okay, so we got uh, the Wolverines traveling up to Madison. It must be something with the state of Michigan because I think both teams, Spartans and the Wolverines, have something to figure out on their offense. Uh, the Wolverines snatched a win out of the jaws of defeat. They should have lost to Army. And I think there's going to be some hangover. I think there's going to be some overreaction on the betters. I'm one of them that's going to overreact. I don't trust the Wolverines. And I do like the Badgers. They haven't given up a touchdown in their last three games, dating back to their uh, bowl win last December against the Hurricanes. Their defense looks good, albeit against spotty competition. But right now, I don't trust Jim Harbaugh. I don't trust the Wolverines. I don't trust that team at all. Taylor, best running back in the nation, running the ball for Wisconsin. I think that's where I'm at. Uh, With three, three and a half, I will take the Badgers here. Yeah, Wisconsin. So this one opened up. Uh, I was surprised at the opening line here that uh, Wisconsin was actually favored. Now it's been bet up a little bit. So, but Wisconsin, if you if you really look at it, they had the big blowout win versus Miami, and then they've come out and they've had two blowout wins. Uh, they've looked really good the first two games of the year. This year, Michigan has looked, you know, really bad. Uh, didn't look good against uh, MTSU. A lot of people were supporting Michigan in that. That, that big uh, heavy favorite line supporting them to cover in week one. They didn't do it. They almost lost to Army. Story for them has been fumbles. Um, the quarterback Patterson uh, apparently has been claiming that he's had some sort of oblique injury that's been limiting him, and now that he's 100% healthy. So now, now that Michigan offense is going to roll, I don't know if I buy it. Um, I'm, I've been a little disappointed by Michigan and their performance here. I guess I understand the line from the perspective that Michigan's looked really bad. Wisconsin's looked really good. I think Wisconsin in the first game against UCF or U, USF uh, <laughs> was more a product of USF being terrible offensively. I'm going to lean with Michigan in this spot, and I might get to the window with Michigan plus the points, uh, assuming that they're going to come out and actually play well and not fumble the ball. All right. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. The, the The line seems to be moving in the right direction. Money in public, both on Wisconsin. Not decisively, but enough that it doesn't scare me off the, the line movement. Panthers on Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm just going to have to sit this one out, though. I'm just not crazy about it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard a lot thrown about about Michigan hasn't won there or something since 2001 or whatever. So it's Camp Randall. It'll be tough. But, you know, Michigan should get this done lineup-wise, roster-wise. Very good. Next up, we've got Auburn at Texas A&M. Texas A&M opened up as a four-point favorite, and now it is three and a half. This is, for me, one of the hardest games to really figure out. Okay, we, we got a battle here of, of great coaches. Gus Melzon, Auburn, who somehow seems to find himself on the hot seat at the beginning of every single season. Uh, and Jimbo Fisher is on his second year taking over Texas A&M. Here's the thing with AM. They are playing the mother of all gauntlets of a schedule. They already played Clemson. They still have to play Bama, Georgia, and LSU. So four of the top five. And then, oh, by the way, we've got Auburn tomorrow. Uh, this one, it's really hard hard for me to figure out. AM's the favorite at home, but Auburn is the better team you know, the higher ranked team. I shouldn't say better. We really don't know. They beat all Oregon. That was a nice quality win. 
I think this is a pick em. I think this is going to be a close game. A&M's got to figure out the offense. But the you know going against the Clemson Tigers, that Tiger defense is for real. And I don't know if that you can really kill the Aggies for their performance because that Clemson defense, we saw what they did against Alabama last year, saw what they did against Notre Dame last year. The Clemson's defense is just so, so good. I really don't know where to go with this game. Um, I think I'm going to lean Auburn just because of those points, but really I'm off this game. Man, yeah, if you think it's a, if you think it's a 50-50, then you probably should take the points there, I would imagine. Yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of things uh, Sex Panther said on this one. Uh, it's going to be a stay away for me. Look, Auburn, for whatever reason, there always seems to be a little bit of Auburn doubt or quote-unquote hate, and I'm not sure why that is. They seem to play a very difficult schedule every year. They beat the Pac-12 champion to open up the year last year, beat Oregon this year. Um, so – they do have a true freshman quarterback making his first true road start. It's going to be a very hostile environment. I think there's over 100,000 fans there at uh, in College Station. That'll be tough, and I don't really love uh, Auburn's QB uh, so far this year. He's been a little bit too inaccurate for me. But, uh, you know, he does have that one big game under his belt in Oregon. I would have to lean Auburn here. I would probably pull the trigger on Auburn, but I'm not sure about the offensive line. I mean, Prince Tega Wenogo. Uh, he <laughs> did not play, I don't think, last week. He's their best offensive lineman, and if he's not in the game combined with Auburn's new quarterback, I don't like Auburn in that spot. Uh, but if for some reason I found out he's playing, I'd probably lean towards the Auburn side here. Okay. Yeah, you know, the money and the public are both on A&M. And it's getting a little bit better for them. They, you know, it's a, they, it's three and a half now. Like I said, so it's a half point shift in in Auburn. It's it's getting worse for them. It's getting worse for them. It's getting better for A and M. So it's a little weird. It it it's kind of trappy, just with that line movement, or it could just be you know the books want that hook on. on. I don't know, but uh, it's a strange one. I don't like either side. I have to set this one out too. All right, Panther. Next up, South Carolina versus Missouri. Missouri opened up minus nine and a half, and now they are minus nine. I feel like I feel like you're saying Missouri out of some kind of disrespect with your KU roots or something. I don't know. Uh, look, the Tigers are really, really good. Um, they've got the quarterback, Kelly Bryant, if you'll recall, uh, was with the Clemson Tigers, transferred over to Missouri. They, they inexplicably laid an egg. Uh, the first game of the season, but against Wyoming. But since then, they have just been scoring at will. South Carolina, respectable, I guess, against Alabama. I mean, it's Alabama. But, look, Missouri can just score at will. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up another 40 or 50 again. Um, nine points does not scare me. I love, love, love Ooh, okay. Missouri Tigers in this game. Yeah, this is a big play for Panther. He loves them. Uh, but uh, Missouri here, but like I didn't get a chance to see South Carolina play against Bama last week. South Carolina, by the reports and the strength of schedule, I think they had the toughest schedule coming out 
uh, the preseason this year. They were listed as the team with the toughest schedule. And I thought they, that was kind of unfortunate for them because I thought they had a good team. They just weren't going to win a lot of games because of the tough schedule. So I expected them to to, to be pretty decent here. They, they opened up with a disappointing loss to uh, North Carolina. And uh, then their quarterback gets hurt. Um, I'm going to sit this one out, but I think South Carolina is pretty good. Missouri, uh, you know, I've said this before, can't bet on them because they're just so inconsistent for me. And uh, so I'll sit this one out. What do you think of that total? 61 and a half down where it opened 63 and a half. I think South Carolina's got a better defense this year. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I can say about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, not leaning one way or the other on that one, but I guess you know you got they got they have a new quarterback. He's going to be on the road uh, for South Carolina. Also, I think they should have an improved defense from last year. So okay, okay, the money's on the over and it is trending under. So you want to keep that in mind. Maybe that defense yep. does show up. Okay. Next up, we got Oklahoma State versus Texas. Longhorns opened up seven point favorite and now they are six and a half point favorites. Yeah. So, you know, Texas was kind of my preseason darling, um, kind of had them taking the big 12, maybe work their way into the uh, final four, the playoffs, still potential, still possibility dropping that game to LSU really kind of sets them back. They have no room for error here. They fortunately get another big game at home, but Oklahoma State, this this is a team. Gundy just always has this team ready, and he always has this team ready for the big game. I am kind of a little nervous for this game. I, I really want to take the Longhorns here, but I think Oklahoma State keeps it close. I'm, I think the Longhorns probably will win this, but it's going to be a dog fight. I will take Oklahoma State plus those points. Yeah, Gundy and uh, Oklahoma State, he's got an offense that should be pretty good this year because I think their quarterback's better. But he is uh, – I think he's a freshman or sophomore. I think he's a freshman. But uh, going into Texas, last year in Stillwater, uh, the four and three Pokes, uh, they played a near-flawless game, and, and they, they beat the Longhorns. I think it was pretty stunning. Um, there, So a big upset last year in Stillwater for Oklahoma State. I think uh, one thing in that game is I think Texas had a couple of DBs injured, and there were some freshmen that got a chance to look at that Oklahoma uh, defense. Uh, they're sophomore now, sophomore DBs now, and they're all going to be in the lineup and the games at Texas this year. And anybody who watched the Texas uh, LSU game, boy, Ellinger has got to be the best quarterback. In the I mean, he's pretty pinpointing his accuracy, his decision-making are is good. He can run, so I would never bet against him, especially at home. I would lean Texas minus the points here. You would lean them minus the points. Panther sure. took the uh, took the Cowboys plus six and a half, and I I kind of like where he's at. I'm, I'm tempted myself to, to pull the trigger. Minority of money and public are both on Oklahoma State. It's getting slightly, you know, it's just getting slightly uh, worse for them, and it's getting slightly better for Texas. So. It's not a full-blown, like, you know, oh, my God, this is a trap, but it's it's moved in slightly the wrong direction. I'm going to follow Panther here. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus the six and a half. Yeah, I, I think they're a good team. I, we'll see how their defense holds up. I think yeah. uh, Oklahoma State's pretty good offensively. 
No offense to the uh, to the guys that host co-host the show with me too, but I think some people were overrating Texas just a little bit at the beginning of the season. Okay, so, yeah, so just saying. maybe so. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just I really like Ellinger. I think is is for me it's whatever. Next up, we got Oregon Stanford. Open up with Oregon minus eight, and now it's minus ten and a half. Um, does not surprise me at all. Stanford is bad. I this this could be. Uh, Shaw's swan song. It could be his his uh, final farewell. They're not getting the recruits. They're not faring well. They went down to Central Florida. You know, this is a Power Five team that's been you know Rose Bowl participants. They they they, they play with everybody. Solid defense. Heisman Trophy. You know, um, you know caliber players. You had McCaffrey and Luck and these guys that come out of there. They just don't have that kind of talent now. And they're getting ran out of the building, and I'm pretty sure they're going to get run out of the building again. Oregon can score; they can score a lot. Stanford can't, even with that line movement. That's a you know two and a half. That's a that's still a big jump. I'm still not scared. Oregon is I pretty confident is going to stomp a mud hole in Stanford's ass. Yeah, this one was the one that was kind of a weird line for me because, like Sex Panther said. Stanford has just been awful. So last year in this game, this is the game where Oregon was up big at home and they just completely had a meltdown and blew the game. Stanford ends up winning the game somehow. I'm staying off this one. I would think Oregon would take care of business here, um, especially with the offensive linemen that are out for Stanford. Uh, But Stanford was pretty unlucky that week because – Costello is in his second game back coming off that concussion. So maybe Stanford could keep this one close, but uh, Oregon seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The money in the public certainly thinks so. It's overwhelming on Oregon. Overwhelming. Yeah. And the line's moving in the right direction. So I don't know. Maybe it opened weird, like you said, but it's, it's certainly, it's certainly moving like you'd expect. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know there. Although it is trending under. It opened at 60 and a half and now it's 57 and a half for the under. So that's an, that's an interesting move there, too. We're looking at UCLA at Washington State. Uh, Washington State opened up as a 17-point favorite, and now they're an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, this line does not surprise me at all. UCLA is bad. And, and, and it's shocking because the big get was getting Chip Kelly, right? This was going to be the big swan song for Chip Kelly. He was going to turn this, this team around. And it's just not worked out. They, they're not very good, and they're not winning games, and they're not competitive. I think the biggest thing to take away is they're not competitive. You know, that was one of my losses last week was I thought maybe they would hang with Oklahoma a little bit, but they didn't. They were, they were just absolutely awful. So, you know, I don't like UCLA at all. Washington State, you know, Mike Leach, he's got that run and gun offense they score they score a plenty a uh, little tidbit here you know tip, tip of the hat to the max that's where Gardner Minshew came from um so yeah I 18 and a half seems like a lot but I really feel like Washington State will cover that comfortably I will take Washington State minus the 18 and a half Whew, talk panther full full force today yeah this one's an interesting one for me for a couple of reasons first of all how about uh, Washington State, they're playing a second team now that is coming off playing a game against Oklahoma. So you remember against Houston, Houston opened up, I believe, with uh, 
uh, Oklahoma. And then they played Washington State. UCLA has played Oklahoma, and now they're coming to play Washington State. So that's just kind of interesting. I would say here in this one that UCLA has played against a few defenses that are underrated. Uh, I think Oklahoma has a better defense this year. That was their first game. Then they played against San Diego State. I think San Diego State has a pretty good defense. And I think uh, last time out, uh, who was the uh, the other game they played? Cincinnati probably had a, di- a pretty good uh, defense as well at that point in time. So I think this week maybe they get some points on the board. And since that line has ticked up from you know 17 to 18 and a half, I think we can almost start to come in here on UCLA. So I'll lean UCLA here. Nice. You're going to lean it but not pull the trigger. Correct. Is our magic number 19, 20? 19, UCLA. Hit the okay. okay, there we go. All right. I'm off this game too. I don't like this one at all. All right, last up. This is the game that everybody – is sitting at home waiting to hear the Panthers' take on Notre Dame at the University of Georgia. It opened up with Georgia minus 11.5, and and it is now minus 14.5. Game of the week, probably so far, game of the season. If you're a college football fan, this is must-see TV. You know, my first reaction to the line was disrespect. I I thought two touchdowns was just – downright disrespectful towards the Irish. But when you look back at the history of Notre Dame, the recent history of Notre Dame, I kind of get why. They've lost 18 of the last 19 times. They've played a top five team. They've got absolutely obliterated by Clemson last year. They got destroyed by Alabama in 2012. The bigger the game, the worse Notre Dame plays. They haven't won a bowl game uh, I don't think they've won a major bowl game under Brian Kelly. Um, 0-10 in BCS-type bowls. So they, this is a huge game. This is a landmark game for Notre Dame. And I get why the point spread is what it is. They played Georgia tough two years ago in South Bend. Georgia came in, took that game 20-19. to uh, That was also the year that Georgia went to the playoffs uh, in the Final Four. So Notre Dame is banging on the door. They're close but they're, they just can't get over that hump. This is a huge game for both teams, really more so for Notre Dame. They, they don't have an opportunity to rebound if they lose this game. Their schedule just is not very good this year, and it's not really any fault of their own. It's just their opponents just suck. USC's not very good. Stanford's not very good. Um, there's just not a lot to like about Notre Dame's schedule. Georgia – is the real deal. This is a team that can probably bang with Clemson, bang with Alabama. They're right there. They they, they deserve the lofty ranking to have. Jake Fromm, excellent quarterback, probably going to be an excellent quarterback in the NFL when he gets there. Great uh, offensive line. They churn out running backs. That's where Nick Chubb came from. And they've got an incredibly stout defense. Kirby Smart knows, you know, he learned from the best. He worked under Nick Saban all those years. Um, and, and he's got, you know, he's got things rolling down there in Athens. I think if you have the ability to watch this game and in-game bet, this is one of those games that you want to bet in-game. If Notre Dame scores early, you might want to jump on Georgia if it gets down to single digits. If Georgia scores early, 
You might want to jump on Notre Dame. They get 17, 18, 21 points, something crazy. Uh, because when it's all said and done, I think Notre Dame can keep this game close. I think it probably is a one-score game. I think Georgia does win the game as much as it's hard for me to say that. But Notre Dame will keep this game close. I will take the Irish plus the 14 and a half. Arch, this one's been all over the uh, the radio, the news, all the coverage. This is the big game, right? Mm-hmm. In all of that coverage, I have not heard anyone, anyone say, you know, Notre Dame could pull off the upset here. No one is giving Notre Dame a chance to win that I've heard. So that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, when Notre Dame a couple years ago, now granted the game was in South Bend, but Notre Dame really should have pulled off that game. They they were probably, you know, the team that should have won that game. But so the big story for me here, the opening line was kind of surprising. And then relatively quickly, it got bet up uh, 14 and a half now. As far as I could tell, this is based on the almost certainty that uh, Georgia is going to dominate in this game. And uh, there might be a little bit of that line tick up based on some news that Georgia getting a couple of their wide receivers back and an offensive line get back. But I think most of it's just based on there's a statistic out there that's being used, and it's Notre Dame's run defense that is currently apparently ranked 120 out of 130. Uh, They give up 230 yards per game on the ground. And Georgia's got probably – you know, the best or the, one of the top three offensive lines in the country. They've got a ton of players there. And they've got five – Georgia has five running backs that would be the number one guy for Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I don't love their running backs this year. And Georgia – Who's five their running back? back? His name's Ian Book, right? That's their running back. Yeah, he, that, I believe so. I think okay. that's – one of them is hurt. I don't think he's going to be Jafari Armstrong. I don't think he's going to be back. Maybe he will. Uh, but then uh, Tony uh, Jones, he's all right for me. Uh, but I, I really think there's five guys that, that uh, for Georgia that would come in and be the number one guy for Notre Dame. All five of those guys scored touchdowns in last week's game against Arkansas State. Um, but I'm not sure that, that that run defense, Notre Dame run defense statistic, is very fair to Notre Dame because this Louisville team that they played in the first game it was a new coach, okay, so Notre Dame a little bit unaware of what to expect. Louisville started off, I think they scored on the first two possessions, were up 14-0. to They only scored three points the rest of the game. So Notre Dame's defense did a pretty good job after those first two drives. And then, um, you know, I talked a little bit about the last game, um, how New Mexico maybe had something a little bit different offensively for Notre Dame because they were kind of gunning, gunning for Notre Dame with Davey coming back. So – I think it was a, a decent, decent offense for New Mexico last week uh, that was run heavy. So I think it's a little bit unfair uh, to say that Notre Dame's defense is not very good against the run. But we'll see. They'll have a big test against Georgia. So I, I would lean with Notre Dame. And if it gets to 15, I'm coming in on the Irish. You're coming in on the Irish. You think it, Would you say they're 120th ranked? Do you think it's unfair to say they don't have a good run defense? They are 120th ranked. Yeah. Um, 200, <laughs> 230 yards per game against the ground and they're growing up against the Georgia yeah. offensive line. But that, that is the stat that I think is driving all of the Georgia dominance here. And, and it might be a little bit unfair. To- okay. 
Well, I don't know if you're 120th ranked. It's it's hard to argue that you're underrated, isn't it? Well, you know, two games, like I said, and okay, I think yeah, both, yeah. Of those, both of those two teams, you know, had had something a little bit different that 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 could cause problem for Notre Dame's run defense. So. <laughs> okay, all right, so that's it. We we nailed that. So you've got some games that you like specifically, right? Just a few games. I'm curious to your numbers on the Tennessee yeah, yeah, yeah. game. Let's see. Um, I. I'm really kind of wondering if I, it's not a good time to take a step here on the balls, um, kind of getting it together against uh, Florida. Mm, that so is. Florida's a team that, that really got kind of lucky to, to win last week against uh, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky had a field goal with under a minute to win that game, and the box score shows, you know, 29-21 or 28-21 in favor of Kentucky, but uh, – Kentucky or in favor of Florida. If Kentucky makes that field goal, Kentucky wins. So um, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Tennessee in that game. Yeah, the public and the money are, are on Tennessee too. So not, not, you know, not like super dominant, but it is there. And it is getting slightly worse for Tennessee. It's uh, opened up 14 and a half and now it's 14 even. So yeah, there's some Florida. Yeah. yeah, a new quarterback, Trask. He hasn't started a game, I think, since he was a freshman in like high school or whatever. I don't think he was a starting quarterback in high school. So, um, But he is at home. So I guess I'm going to lean Tennessee in this game. And um, Tulsa is another game. I think uh, this could be a good spot. I think they, you know, maybe did okay against the tough Oklahoma State offense last week. Uh, playing against the Wyoming team this week. Wyoming had a big win against Missouri in week one, but they had a lot of favorable situations, and the game was at Wyoming. This one's going to be at Tulsa. I'm going to mm-hmm. money line Tulsa in this game. I've seen it for minus 165, so oh, I'm going to okay. go ahead and money line them. Yeah. And, the, money, um, the money in the public or excuse me, the public disagrees with you. The public is on Wyoming, but the money pretty solidly on Tulsa here. Yeah. So I, I like where the money is on that game. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning in that direction too. It worries me slightly that the, uh, the line is not moved at all. It's kind of glued shut the three and a half. So, I mean, that's all, that's an indicator that Vegas is usually happy with where they're at and they kind of want it, want it to keep coming that way. So, I did see it briefly at three. Oh, did you see it at three? Okay. At one spot. Um, so, but yeah, not for, you're right. It's been three and a half. And if it was three, I'd come in on the, the side of minus three Tulsa. But since it's three and a half, I'll just go ahead and take the money line. Maybe that's kind of a sucker thing to do, but I think Tulsa wins this game. Yeah. Well, I was on it until you said it went down to three. If it went down to three and then back up to three, and I'm, I'm yeah, that's they're fishing, man. They're fishing for some action there. Wanted a little bit more, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> I mean, in general, I would trust your your numbers a lot more. I'd buy about that, but oh, um, so we, we the the other one was just the Pittsburgh game. You know, we already talked about that. I can't remember if okay. you came in on uh, one side of that one or not. Let's see that. Let me pull that up real quick. It is the money is on UCF. The public is on UCF. Like no doubt, lines moving in the right direction. I don't know. I I I don't really I don't really see any kind of trap or anything like that. Everything looks normal. 
What okay. do you think? You think that's normal? I mean, 11, that, is that safe? I mean, I was leaning towards Pitt in this game, uh, but uh, it's always scary to bet on Narduzzi. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's a chance. There's a chance you might get 12 or so out of it before it's all said and done with the way the numbers are coming in. So yeah, might be fun. All right. Is there anything else we needed to touch on? That's it for me. I, I wish I had more, uh, you know, hard plays to come in on here, but uh, just not seeing a whole bunch of like. If I do find some that I like, I'll definitely post them on the uh, thread that we have going. So. All right. I do want to look at one real quick. Miami of Ohio at Ohio State. Uh, that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The spread's 39. The spread is 39. So that's – that's no, that's not crazy. I'm not, I'm not talking about spread. The money in the public are solidly on there. The spread's moving in the right direction. What I want to look at is the total. The total mm-hmm. opened up at 60, and it is downshifted all the way to 56 and a half. I'm thinking over here. It's it's just plummeting under, under, under. I I, I think I might take the over here. I, I do. This is one of the games that I did like a lot. I had, I was almost going to bring this one up, but I decided oh, go not for it. to. But yeah, this is a spot where I really wanted to come in, start coming in against Ohio State because I think they're at their kind of the peak of their their valued spot. I think it's, you know, they're, they're to the point where they're getting a little bit overvalued here. Miami of Ohio, I think, was a little bit undervalued and I was ready to come in on Miami of Ohio. But they lost three offensive lineman in the game against Cincinnati last week. Uh, and I don't think any of those guys, any of those are season in, ending, but I don't think those guys are going to be in the lineup versus Ohio State. That could be bad news. Um, I'd expect the Buckeyes to have a letdown, you know, if not this week, in, in one of the weeks coming up here. Um, but as far as that under, that's why I believe the under has gone down so significantly because those guys aren't in the lineup now. Uh, if those guys were in the lineup, I, I could see the over because Miami of Ohio hasn't really had a tough time offensively. They've looked pretty good, but but with these linemen out, uh, I wonder if that changes. I would just have some sack fumbles there from from Ohio State. Oddly enough, it's not a very heavily bet game so far. The Buckeye Nation is not showing up on this. It's not a lot of bets. So that's Mm. very interesting. All right, Doctor, is there anything else we need to touch on before we bounce out? That is it from my side. So, All right. Well, thank you for joining me. And we're just going to call it a day. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.